I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. For all you soccer fanatics out there, it's only a year away. Brazil will host the Soccer World Cup starting in June 2014. And what a host. Brazil's national team has won the event an unprecedented five times. Much has been written over the years about why Brazil is so dominant. Brazilian boys are encouraged to play as soon as they can walk. But what about the other half of the population? The world's Jason Margolis takes a look. Brazil had a law from 1941 until 1979. Girls and women were not allowed to play soccer. Not professionally, not in schools, not even for fun. The law stated women will not be allowed to practice any kinds of sports that are incompatible with the female nature. Three years after the law was lifted, Eleni Pellegrino was born. Eleni, as she's known, went on to become the captain of the Brazilian women's national team for eight straight years. She's been on three Olympic teams and played in the Women's World Cup twice, but her rise was not easy. Brazil is the country of soccer, but people don't know it's the country of men's soccer. All of the girls of my generation played with young boys. I didn't see women playing on TV. There was nobody to look up to or be inspired by. I played because I wanted to play. Elini now heads the Guerreras Project, along with Caitlin Fisher, an American who came to Brazil to play soccer. I met the two women at a cafe in the Ipanema neighborhood of Rio de Janeiro. Guerreras translates into female warriors. Being a fighter, being, you know, face-to-face with machismo and this kind of bastion of masculinity and trying to, to carve a space for yourself. Fisher taps the veins in her arm. Guerrera, to be guerrera, like in the blood, like you got to fight for this. The Guerreras Project brings together athletes, artists, and activists to promote women's soccer as a way to advance the discussion of gender equality. Fisher first moved to Brazil nine years ago. She had been an all-Ivy League player in the U.S., Then she was signed by the world-renowned Santos Club near the city of Sao Paulo. This was Pele's team. Fisher's excitement, though, about becoming a professional female soccer player here quickly ran into reality. There were two Santos teams, the men's and the women's. We weren't allowed to use their training fields. We couldn't play in the stadium. We couldn't use their buses for transportation. Waking up in the morning, walking 50 minutes in order to get to a training field, finding out the men are playing on the field and you can't use it, walking another 45 minutes to another field, training for two hours, walking home, washing your uniform at lunchtime with your hands to hang it up to dry so it's ready for the next morning, putting your second uniform on, and then having 45 minutes before you walk to your afternoon training practice um, and going, we're playing for Pele's club right now? They had few fans and more than a few detractors. Women who play soccer in Brazil are commonly called zapatone, or big shoes. It's slang for lesbian, not meant in a kind way. Soccer here has had one major breakthrough, though. Marta! Um fenômeno mundial! Marta. She was voted the best female soccer player in the world five straight years. She's the face of women's soccer in Brazil and much of the world, but Marta largely stands alone. Just a notch lower, consider the case of Alini. Again, she was captain of the Brazil women's national team for eight straight years, the female equivalent of someone like Ronaldinho, an international superstar who makes tens of millions in advertisements and salary. I asked Alini if she gets recognized much. Not much, not really that much. People sometimes recognize me here as an athlete. I have the mannerisms of an athlete. The few people who do know me shout out, Alini. I hug them and chat with them. Alini is an articulate, friendly, attractive woman who is awesome at soccer. 
She's never been hired to do an endorsement. I visited the Central Olimpico, a training facility for young athletes in Sao Paulo. I watched girls under 13 practicing. These girls are the best of the best, and it shows. Strong, crisp passes and great fundamentals. They were fun to watch. The group of 18- and 19-year-olds then strode onto the field. I asked to speak with a couple of them. They said they're a team. They speak as a team. So I interviewed about a dozen of them at once. I asked them if they've been given the same opportunities as the boys. One girl stepped forward and said, All of us have already suffered. She said we lack sponsorship, support, and media attention. All of the girls said they would like to play professionally, but many don't see how. I asked what impact the World Cup being hosted in Brazil might have on women's soccer here. A few girls said they won't help in any way. One said she was a bit hopeless for the future of female soccer in Brazil. And I asked, do they suffer insults? (laughs) A lot, they all said. It didn't seem to bother them much, though. Change is slowly occurring. Mariani da Silva Pisani is doing her PhD work on Brazilian female soccer. I met her at the Central Olimpico. We spoke through an interpreter while she gestured to the young girls playing. Work like this being done here at the Olympic Center is sponsored by the mayor and the governor's office. It's something that improves the training of girls at this level. But in the next breath, she adds that this training center is one of a kind. It's very disappointing that there's only this center. We have half a million girls playing soccer in the country, so it's very disappointing. And funding for this program is said to be in jeopardy. I also spoke with Giovanna, the youngest girl on the field. She's 10. She had long, curly hair tied back in a ponytail. I asked her if a lot of the girls her age in her neighborhood play soccer. No, just one, she says. She started playing with the boys when she was four. I asked her how come she plays. Because I like it, she says. And her dad played with her too, which got her into it. And what do the boys think of her playing with them? They think it's cool. I spoke with another young girl, Nicole, who is 12. I asked her if she thinks she'll have the same opportunities to play as the boys when she gets a little older. Yes, she says, because I play well. These girls haven't experienced much discrimination or hardship, but these girls are the best of the best. The precious few have been given the resources to play. That's still extremely rare for girls in Brazil. Back in Rio, I'd heard about a coach known for getting girls involved. Paulo Bento Cesar coaches youth soccer in Vigigal, a favela in Rio on a steep hillside overlooking Ipanema Beach. He says after 25 years, he's just known as coach. I went to Vigigal on a holiday morning to meet Paulo. About 30 boys were at the field. There was one girl spoke with Paulo through an interpreter. I'd heard of Vigigal and Paulo as this great teacher of young girls. I'm a, I'm a little surprised that, you know, I thought this was going to be where I'd see the girls. Paulo says he does have girls who play in his program, about 15. I asked, and how many boys? 150. Back down in Ipanema, 
I asked Alimi if Brazil, being the country of soccer, has any special responsibility to cultivate the girls' game, too. It should. It should. It doesn't, but it should. For The World, I'm Jason Margolis, Rio de Janeiro. If you want to see photos of Alini and the Brazilian girls kicking the ball around, visit us at theworld.org. And while you're there, check out some of Jason's other recent stories from Brazil. You're listening to The World on PRI.